Blog Talk Radio. Lovers receive so far, it's been so hard There's a few dudes to 
11 heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11, 11 Emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. For everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! you and yours peace to you and yours this is noble edge radio and you are now rocking with the best yes indeed this is your host the brother blue pill very soon to be joined by my co-host the brother red okay welcome back to ktl radio make yourselves comfortable comfortable believe that's a word comfortable (laughs) all right tonight we're going to have a uh stellar presentation here at KTL Radio. You know, we are definitely looking forward to this. Um, first and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to everyone out there. It's spring again, you know what I'm saying? So whether you've been on the fence about the new year for a minute, you know what I'm saying, we still got some holdouts because there's still some systems around the world that people adhere to that uh, haven't celebrated their quote-unquote new year yet. But for the most part, you know, everybody should be in the building. So, you know, we should all be on the same accord at this particular point. All of my, um, you know, my conscious holdouts that is waiting for spring, here you go. All right, so we all officially in it. 2014 is here. You know what I'm saying? The magic is in the air. And um, <laughs> we're definitely feeling the atmosphere of, of the change of seasons. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things are definitely activated, and they're moving at a rapid pace right now. Shout out to the family that tuned in on this last Tuesday for that Feed of Matrix 2x4 program. Okay, this is the the hyped-up version of the 4x4 Feed of Matrix. This is the 2x4 Feed of Matrix. It's a wonderful show. It's in the archive. We definitely suggest that you check it out if you haven't already if you weren't in attendance if you didn't hear it on the um in the archive you know what i'm saying on the repeat or what have you the podcast check that out and the two by four is an amazing opportunity to make some real quick legal money you know what i'm saying and have fun while you're doing it you know see who who your your, your partners are you know see who's willing to run that race with you see who's willing to lap you know put them laps in you know what I'm saying? See who has that leg power to actually um, get on this campaign and be consistent with it, see it through. All right? And shout out to the family. I've gotten some emails from some people who are definitely, definitely interested in getting started. You know, shout out to all of our new members. Shout out to our members who will be joining us in the very near future. All right? So, family, um, working on getting things situated with my on my internet right now. I was working all day and now it seems to have hit a little bit of a hiccup. 
So I'm just waiting to get that situated so I can open up the studio and bring in my my co-host. Okay. All right, y'all. So as we always do around this time, family, we ask that you update your statuses, share the links, send out a tweet, um, repost a flyer on Instagram. It's a very interesting flyer. speaks to the subject of why we gathered here on this evening. Um, it also speaks to some other things that we'll be getting into tonight, such as World Water Day, okay? World Water Day is recognized tomorrow globally. So it's not only the day for the skull and bones, but skull and bones are actually entrenched in water. Your skull and bones are in an ocean of water. So it's Water Day, okay, along with the skull and bones. So I'm going to be speaking about the significance of that this evening with our guest, Mataji, all right? was returning. A lot of people have been requesting her return. They've been inquiring about, you know, her whereabouts and, and the initial campaign that she came on this program to speak about the 44-day uh, prayer fast. It was personally requested of her by Yemiya for the human family to participate in. She came on the program and put the call out and, um, you know, We'll, we'll get into the ramifications of that, you know what I'm saying, the success of that particular campaign and why she has come forth tonight, the message that she has come forth with, okay? So again, like I said, bear with me, family, I'm trying to get these things situated on this computer side. that's inquiring about um, Dr. Sebi in the office. I was by there the other day. They told me that they're going to need just a few more days to get some things situated, but they are arduously working around the clock to bring everything back to uh, operation. You know, the level of operations that they were at prior, and even better, should I add. So there's a main number for the office. They did ask that I share this with the family, all right? So I have to uh, locate that in my book. And, again, any inquiries about Dr. Savior or his products, you can shoot an email to drsavy1 at yahoo.com. That's the number one, okay? Dr. Sebi1 at yahoo.com. You can also call the office directly at 310-838-2490. All right, that's 310-838-2490. All right, that's where you can find the good doc. Speak to somebody directly in the office. They can help you with any of your inquiries that you have pertaining to the product or the Hailing Village or the L.A. office, things of that nature. All right, but do understand that they only have one line. That I think they normally used to have like nine lines. They got 
operating off of one line right now, and um, that line is normally swamped. When I was there, you know, it was, it was off the hook, so just bear with them. You know, they're juggling over there trying to get things together or working on getting things together, and I'm over here working on getting things together as well. This internet. This intranet. And it's not even retrograde. I'm having these intranet problems. So, yeah. So, the good doc will be open back shortly. All right? And, of course, we're going to be bringing you, um, you know, a follow-up interview, quite possibly a show, you know. We're going to be discussing some things over the weekend to figure out what we can do for the family, um, you know, for your, your love and support, okay? So one more again, one more time for the family that has any questions or inquiries directly with his office about product or travel arrangements, okay? And Dr. Sabi one, the number one, at yahoo.com or you can directly call the office 310-838-2490 so please do not you know you don't need to inquire with me about if there's any other numbers that might have been listed on another website or any other emails that might have been listed those are the, the number that's the email officially directed to him and his office okay everything else is questionable or suspect, I would say proceed with caution. Any second now, I'm waiting for this computer to make its mind up. But everything is beautiful. Got some beautiful weather out here in California. Um, you know, spring has definitely turned the corner. You know what I'm saying? I, I see the little flowers and plants struggling to break through, though. They, you know, they didn't have an adequate amount of water. It was needed and necessary to make this place as plush as it normally is when it comes to um, the horticulture. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying, they're, they're, they're pulling their straws together and they're mustering up their strengths to bust through because, you know, the streets are definitely singing the praise of spring at this particular time. You know, things are flourishing. Life is bubbling. You know what I'm saying? Baby, baby carriages is coming out. You know, it's spring again. So hopefully wherever you're at on the globe, family, listening to this, you know what I'm saying, maybe you are experiencing some of the same things in your environment, your neighborhood, hopefully that you are, you know. I wish you all heat, you know, that none of your hell is still caught up in the bygone remnants of the winter, the winter blast. You know what I'm saying? I hope that New York is not like 20 and 30 degrees this weekend. All right? Yeah, and we got an announcement to make about uh, Memorial Day. You know, there's a there's a big event coming up this Memorial Day in Marlin, Georgia, that we have been put on the bill to participate in. Now, I'm, be able to, I'm going to be pulling that up in a second. 
so I can read off what's going on there and tell you how to get involved. But this is huge. You know what I'm saying? This is huge. They definitely have some, um, it's a very interesting lineup. You know what I'm saying? Very, very interesting lineup. Very interesting locale. Uh, this is private land, 200 acres of private land in Moreland, Georgia, which, from my understanding, is about an hour outside of Atlanta. You know? Uh, I know that off the back, off the break, Supernova Slum, Hip-Hop Medicine Man, he should be there. Uh, Stick Man, Dead Press, you know what I'm saying? That brother should be there. Organic Blood is, is hosting and putting on the event. Sister Tiffany Janae and her, her mate, the brother Malik. That there's going to be all sorts of uh, energy practitioners and Reiki masters and organic this and organic that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, an eclectic group of positive, fun-loving individuals out in the country. I think that there's like, there's a campground maybe, so there's camping involved. You know, so we're going to be out in nature. You know, there's going to be workshops and symposiums throughout the weekend. You know, um, quite possibly there might be a sweat. I don't know. I got to check, you know what I'm saying, because the brother that's hosting it on his land, he's the uh, fire keeper for a sweat out in Atlanta, on the land trust, out in Atlanta. So I don't know if he's... um bringing that down to Moreland, Georgia. I don't know if he has that already set up on the land. You know, once I pull this information up, you know, maybe we can get uh, more facts situated and spoken to. All right, y'all, give me one second. Seems like this other page is pulling up slowly but surely. All right. Okay. Switchboard. Go to my co-host, call up from the 347, 347, Lordy. All right, any second now, y'all. Call a guest. Okay, watch your show. Yeah, any second. I see the ball is spinning. Indeed. Okay. We can only wait. All right. It's a waiting game. I'm just waiting on that line to open up. Let me give you some information pertaining on this, uh, Well, I wait for that to pull up too. All right. Okay. All right. Well, here is 
information pertaining to this upcoming festival taking place in Georgia this Memorial Weekend, this Memorial Weekend 2014, okay? It's called the Something Fresh Festival, family, okay? It's the official Hemp History Week event. You dig? Eat, Hill Grow. It's going to be held in Marlin, Georgia, from May 23rd to 26, 2014. The keynote presenters will be Supernova Slum and Juju Mama. Okay. All right. There's going to be a 5K run. I think that's a five-mile run with Stickman of the RBG Fit Club. Okay. And there's going to be camping on the ground. There's going to be a Halo Village. There's going to be music, gourmet earth food. There's going to be a vendor village. There's going to be yoga, independent film screening. All right. And there's a workshop. It's going to be hosted by Honeysuckle Moon, Brother Coach Kyer, some guys called The Pills. Medic Yogi, China Brooks, Soul Systems, Char Edwards, Shaman Hands, Giovanni Goins, Massiette Yao, Beauty Queen, Kenise, Gigi, Get Twice, Malika's Truth, uh, Tower Siwaz, Queen Mother Goddess Opulence. It's a lot going on. Okay. Um, and tickets are on sale, okay? Tickets are on sale. You could go to somethingfreshfest.com. Any other information that you need pertaining to this event, um, hopefully you can acquire it from this website, somethingfreshfest.com, okay? That's the destination site. That's where you need to go look into this monumental event that's taking place this Memorial Weekend in Marlin, Georgia. All right? And we will be in the building. The Marlin Twins will be in Marlin, Georgia, on the land of the Moors, you know, actualizing. Okay? So definitely look into that. Shout out to my ATL family, KTL and the ATL. Oh, our brother KT, the Arc Degree. Took the gloves off. He said he will be back. You know what I'm saying? He's been raising his family. You know, he had a, uh, a newborn very recently. So congratulations to him and his queen. Uh, well, a new niece. Got another new niece. So the brother said he'll be back April 22nd. Brother Red, are you there? Peace. Red, are you there? Okay. April 22nd, Hollywood Decoded will be back on KKL Radio. Of course, he's going to be dissecting and deciphering the Captain America movie, okay, amongst others that he will be putting on the operation table and dissecting. Brother Red, are you there? Well, his line is open, so whenever he joins us, we'll commence from there. But, um, I do have my guests in the building right now, and I don't want to waste any more time, especially with the computer acting crazy, all right? So let's get the show underway. Okay, family? 
Let me read the description. Once I read the description, we can get directly into tonight's program. So tonight, KTL Radio presents Yemiya Speaks featuring Matsuji. Okay. Join Nova Less Radio for a special broadcast featuring Mata G. Last time she appeared on the program, Mata G, which stands for Respected Mother, brought an urgent message directly from the beloved mother of the sea, Yemiya. Tonight she has another conveyance, another message from beyond that has to be shared in this timely manner with the human family. There is much going on in the planet, on the planet, above the planets, and beyond, and it is incumbent on the children of the light to identify the signs of the times and plan accordingly. On Saturday, March 22nd, the world will be celebrating Water Day in unison. Tonight, hear Madaji's transmission from Yemiya about the state of the sacred waters and our beloved planet. Trinatha Devi Pramanada, affectionately known as Mataji, respected spiritual mother, has served in an, as an instrument of light as founder of Eagle Wings of Enlightenment Center in South Central Los Angeles in the community, the black community, for the last 28 years. Mataji is dedicated to the upliftment of world peace and the spiritual teachings of oneness, compassion, universal wisdom, and the holy scriptures of the East and West. She guides individuals through their purpose of life, self-realization, and places them upon the path of enlightenment. Mataji has given refuge to individuals over the years that were in need of shelter, guidance, counseling, and healing of their Body, mind, and spirit. Okay, family? So tune in for the tune-up. classes in session. And with no further ado, I want to go to call up from the 323-323-779. Call up from the 323. Okay? All right. Now we have to wait for our line to open in the call queue. She will be with us shortly. Okay? Okay, family. Any second now. Brother Red, are you there yet? Okay. I'm going to be opening up the chat room now as well. My apologies. The wheel is still spinning.
And give us one second. Okay, what is going on? Patience, family. If nothing else, I've been learning patience. Okay? Try this one more time. Everything happens in due form and in due time. Okay? Reposition this computer to another part of the apartment to see if it's going to pick up better. Mm. I have to refresh this page. Give me one second. Hmm. Okay, I see the chat room. At least the chat room is open. And that's taking a minute to load. to the chat. Oh, come on. This is this is March Madness. <laughs> Any second. All right. Thing is refreshing. <sighs> hmm. Family, if you just joined us, we're having slight technical difficulty with the back office with the studio. Been having this recurring problem. Uh for the last few episodes, and it's like my computer works all day until it's time to do KGL. So I'm trying to troubleshoot. I don't I don't know what else to do other than refresh the page and, and wait for it, you know. But the lag time on the Internet is, is, is crazy slow. 
So the only thing I can do is wait for these wheels, these balls to stop spinning, pause. So that's where we're at. I am waiting for the studio to open so I can open up the line for tonight's guest. Mata G, she has a powerful message, and technology will not stand in the way of that message. Okay, Block Talk, you're going to act right. Sooner or later, we're going to get it. So please bear with me. All right. Doing everything that I can. Let's try this out. Call it from the three two three seven seven nine. Three two three seven seven nine. Peace. Greetings, Matsuji. Are you there? Yes, I am here. Welcome. Oh, wonderful. Oh, welcome. Wonderful. Yes, I am having slight technical difficulties with my computer, but we overcome, you know, the adversities and we have your line open. We're here and you're live. Peace. Oh. Well, peace and love to everyone uh, that is online. Yes. And those who are not online, peace and love to you all. I am um, I am very blessed to be back upon this program, and also to share with you um, from our mother, Mother Yemaya, and the yes. message of the water. Uh, as everyone knows, that I go every month to see the waters on the full moon uh, with the women locals and to make prayers for all of our relations. And last year, uh, when the mother did not come up to the surface of spirit, uh, then I sought to seek her out, and that's when she said that the waters the waters themselves were not doing too well, but also that all the creatures in the ocean were not doing too well. <clears throat> and so that was the first time that her presence did not come up. After that time, I went back again, and the third time after going back, and then her presence came up. And her presence has been coming up ever since. There was much work done inside the waters. Uh, there's still much work that is being doing inside the waters. And she wants us to continue making the offerings, continue to making the prayers. Last year in uh, November... Uh, we had uh, special offerings to make, and we made offerings twice in the month of November to continue the prayers for all the creatures that have been harmed by any type of radio activity that was a spill out from Fukushima, the nuclear yes. reactor in Japan, and also any other waste and contaminant that has entered inside the ocean. 
So as of today, uh, there has been reported, and you can see for yourself, of some of the creatures that has been uh, coming to the shore, and some of them have died, and some of them have been very sick. And at the same time, um, there have been ceremonies being done. There's been more awakening to the consciousness, what is happening inside the Pacific Ocean. And with the blessings of Mother Yemaya and Olokun, because Olokun is at the bottom of the ocean, and the waters were very, very hot at that time. But the intensity of the degree of the water has decreased the temperature. And that is a good sign. And at the same time, we have received uh, recently, in the month of February, we have received more rain. When speaking about the message about humanity, about all of us, not just people that live near the Pacific Ocean or in America. The message has gotten broadened to where we all should be more and more positive every day. When we are bombarded by so much negativity in our own minds, worries in our own hearts, challenges that we are meeting in our daily life and all the things we see upon the internet, regular t uh, television, radio band, blogs, or whatever you may be into, we are to start looking towards the positiveness of the life. We must try to become more positive. One of the greatest negative effects on Mother Earth is our thoughts and then our actions. If our thoughts are positive, so will our actions become more positive. And then we will begin to realize what we are doing in the daily life that affects the waters, the Mother Earth, and our relationship with one another. So some of us may not want to love. We will need to love more. Well, sometimes it appears to be difficult or painful. It is the love vibration that will help carry us through these times. Now, we have been very blessed for, what, thousands of years? of receiving and having good water coming out of the Pacific Ocean, as well as we have been, what, the food chain, the fishes, the shrimps, the crabs that human beings receive from the Mother Ocean herself daily. And now we've been told some of the food chain in the ocean is not edible for human consumption because right. there is too much contamination inside the waters. So the first thing, the Mother Yemaya, 
Daughters, continue to make the offerings, continue to come to the waters and make the ceremonies and make the prayers. The next thing, that we all have to get along with one another. That is from those in the high office. That's from those that sweep the floors. The mothers inside the homes, the children inside the home, all races, all creeds, all castes, all people, not just in America, but worldwide. On the first broadcast, I spoke about water. What is water? Water is a representation of the consciousness of God. Water symbolically is also touches our emotional body. When our anger flares up, then all of a sudden we may get a mighty wave in the ocean, and then it claps back down. And sometimes we clap back down after we have burst out into anger. What is it? What happens when the waves continue to roll and then come to the shore and then fall back? Sometimes our mind is not still enough and it's repetitious going on all the time because what we are putting inside of our mind. So the mind began to spin to be upon a roll. Now that the water is all consciousness, okay, we also have to dwell in God's consciousness. Let those waves that come up inside of us and those rolls of waves that come up inside of us return back into the consciousness of God inside of us and not burst out in such anger towards humanity. But the mother wants us to get along with each and every one. See each other as family. We are a human family. And when more people come to the waking of that fact here on earth, then there will be less and less pollution. We would think about the fishes in the waters worldwide. We won't continue to think about so much, I want to have them to eat. We will think about them, they are God's creatures. And we have been blessed to be the caretakers of God's creatures. We are to work in harmony with all God's creatures. I remember the mother said, she said it was going to take some time because what was happening all the way on the floors of the ocean with the tremendous heat and that the creatures in the waters, the relations in the waters, they had to reroute themselves to try to go 
to other waters until some of this massive heat that had risen inside of the Pacific Ocean so that they won't continue to become so contaminated. So this is the work of Mother Yemaya and all of her helpers inside the waters. Because we cannot see what's going on inside the waters, we think that there's nothing really going on. But if you think for one minute you are what? Head of your household and you have a family and there's something happening every day inside of your household. But if somebody's looking from another country towards your household and see there's nothing happening there, then they are in error. Not until you're able to enter someone else's household, then you begin to get a glimpse of what is going on inside of their household. So how can mankind realize what is really going on inside the belly of the Pacific Ocean? It is very difficult for mankind to realize it. But when the creatures inside the waters begin to be take their body and come up on the shore and die on the shore, or already dead, and the mother ocean push her children up on the shore to show mankind that my children inside of my womb is dying. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to help? And this is where we as two-leggers, we have to pray and we have to pray for answer of wisdom and with great intelligence. An answer not to pollute the ocean with other chemicals to subside a one problem. But we have to add something that is beneficial, that it will not cause more destruction to the erosion, to the floors of the ocean, as well as where the water will not become drinkable in the future. This take prayer, this take fasting, this take listening to wisdom keepers of the earth, wise people, not only scientists, all these scientists in the world, they study mostly in the laboratories, they have great hypothesis, but how many of them truly sit with wise people that have been walking, their ancestors been walking upon this earth for thousands and thousands of years that have answers that they have not heard about. See, this is the time for the scientists to sit down with the ancient one, the ancient people of Mother Earth, the ancient ones who are the caretakers. This is the time. Mm. 
Yes. And I want to I want to thank everyone that join us here at Eagle Wings and the Daughters of Yemaya for making the prayers for 99 days to January 27th. On behalf of the waters, on behalf of the nuclear reactor in Japan, on behalf of all the people in Japan, our prayers were much for them in Japan, our prayers much was for the wisdom to befall upon the scientists that's working there in Fukushima. Our prayers were for all the waters upon the earth. We expanded our prayers not just for the ocean, because as we came to realize, we realized also there were other waters on the earth that had been contaminated, and it was not being visible within the news. But Yemaya such a blessed mother. She guides us and she tells us about other sisters' waters, not only the great ocean, but any rivers. So our prayer also was extensive. And I really want to thank you, brothers and sisters, whoever listening worldwide, for all of your prayers. Anyone who did any fasting, where you gave up something that you enjoy in life and you made that sacrificial offering. I give thanks on behalf of all the creatures inside the waters. I give thanks on behalf of all of them for the little sacrifice that we two-leggers can do for them. You see, because sacrifice brings about healing and brings about balance. The indigenous people upon this earth for thousands and thousands of years have always sacrificed something to make an offering, something that they uh, like or something that they used, or maybe they fast just on water, or maybe they dry fast. They gave up food for so many days. Or maybe they dance, or they sang, or they drum in honor of all the creatures in the waters. And that feeds the creatures in the water. And that feeds the water. Because now you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your other relatives that you walk with every day. Mother Ocean is our relative. All the creatures in the waters are our relatives. We have to open our eyes and see this. We can say our dog and our cat are our relative, and yes, they are. We will bring them in the house. We will take them to a pet grooming place and groom them up because we love them. Why can we not extend our love to this ocean? and to all the creatures inside the waters. If one of us would fall in that ocean and there was a circle of dolphins nearby, I guarantee you that those dolphins would come to the rescue of the two-legged and try the best to help save the life of that two-legged. 
and push the body forward all the way until it gets to the shoreline. See, the dolphins are capable of doing that. So this is how become more capable of doing that for the creatures and the waters. For some people, you know, they may hear these things and for some that have never had personal experiences in the waters or with the quote-unquote creatures of the water, you know, to them it might seem more like it's theory than fact. But for someone such as yourself who has, you know, seen the, the, the spiritual nature of some of these, you know, of our family and that the dwell in the waters, can you speak on any of that? Are you allowed to speak on any of that? You know, the family? About the dolphins? Yes, I can speak on the dolphins. Yes, they say the dolphins can speak our language. There is, uh, There are some members from my center over the years have gone down to Florida, and there's a dolphin pool there on the coastline of Florida, and they work with people that are sick, and they go into this pool with the sick person, and the dolphins, they have the dolphins come in, and when the dolphins come in, they circle around the sick person to help that disease that's in the body of the sick person becomes healed. And then they begin to swim with the dolphins. And after this takes place, what began to happen is that the person they say starts feeling better. Started feeling much better. And some of them have been cured. They say the dolphins are able to take away man's disease, man's pain and man's hurt. And this is going on now. Maybe many are not aware of this in America. But it does not mean that it's not so. When it's time for you to receive certain knowledge, the Creator will bring it to you. We can say, I never heard of that. I don't believe in that. Why even say those words? It wasn't your time to hear about that. Let alone for you to think that you should believe in something that you just heard. That is kind and possibility. Most people will not believe in something they just hear for the first time. They may pray about it, meditate on it, contemplate it. That is just the the human thought. But dolphins has been here before man. Did not God create all the creatures first? And then he created man and woman. And from them there were children. So who knows the capability of what's in the ocean? The indigenous people, the wise elders, the keepers of the land, the caretakers. As far as myself, I over the years have been very blessed. See, I say I'm blessed. I can pray for you, but I'm being blessed 
and praying for you. And at the same time, you may be delivered from your iniquities. But I'm also being blessed and praying for you. So over the years, since 1986, in 1988, and when the women committed to continue to go with myself, it's been unbroken. And during those years, we have witnessed some things. But most of all, I will say to you that those ancient creatures, they are ancient. Because they're before mankind. You see, they precede mankind. You can't just take them lightly. Those ancient ones in those waters, while we're sleeping at night, they're up. And I mean that they're up, they're taking care of what needs to be taken care of in the waters. There was a time where the mermaids would come up to the shore at night and talk with the two leggeds. But the mermaids don't do that no more. Why? Because mankind would see them like a specimen. I want to dissect them. No. They are a relative. So they don't come up no more like they used to. But there was a time here in Turtle Island, where they used to come up like that. So now they'll telepath. Now they'll project their spirit and still communicate with those who can receive. And with that receiving, there's a dialogue that takes place. And in that dialogue, there's answers that's coming back and forth. And there's a relationship that's being established. That's with the dolphins, the mermaids, even the dragons in the waters. They call them the sea monsters. Those are like nagas, the serpents, the big fish that came up on the shore last year. It was so big. The mother who had 16-plus fish inside of her body that came up. Those are ancient, ancient ones. Until one began to establish a relationship themselves and become aware, then these possibilities began to open more and more. Now, I understand your question more now. In other words, what it is that maybe the mermaids do inside the waters. Am I right? Am I right? This your question? Um, that, not necessarily that was my question, but I would love to know. I think that still would make a wonderful question, yes. Okay, because the mermaids are like the keepers in the waters. Just like when too much contamination comes in the waters, uh, 
the mermaids and the mermen have to take care and also inform other creatures and to also help guide them to another destination. This is one of their functions in the waters. The mermaids and mermen communicate with all the creatures in the waters. You see, just like the swordfish communicates with the dolphins, and just like the whale, the hunchback whales, they communicate with all the fishes. And just like every during particular season throughout the year, the whale will come down from the north and come down here to the south. Yes. Hibernate in this region. And the others will go to the north because there's a cycle of the existence and the creatures in the waters are relations. They understand that cycle of nature and they flow with the cycle of nature. See? And this is worldwide with all the creatures inside the waters. But just even when they swim in the water, there's plants that grow inside the waters. That also help with the ecology system. It helps things to grow. Now, you look at the ecology system where? On earth. What happened? You have flowers, like orange blossoms. Now, the bee can go there and receive that orange blossom, right? And begin to produce honey. And then you have a, it's called orange blossom honey. So they call them the worker bees. And this honey, mankind used for his body, which is none other than a nectar. The ancient ones know that the pure honey that we use for our body, it can cure just about anything. But the bee and the ecology system of Mother Nature knows what to do. If the bee did not help to create that honey, we would not have the honey. And at the same time, the Creator knows that the children of the earth need that honey. So the bee is very significant in what it does. So that pollination takes place even more for the flower to blossom. Same thing with the creatures in the waters all over. We say, oh, we look at the television and we see a fish swimming in the water. We just think that the fish is swimming. But there are certain fish down in the coral region areas, certain plants mankind have not even seen today. Just even by the fish passing by there, or even stopping for a minute and sharing its breath is helping the ecology system in the bottom of the ocean and the bottoms of the lakes and the rivers and the streams. And some are very, very tiny. So this would make this creation so sacred that the Creator has given us all the responsibility in the life. The creatures of the waters, they don't have to ask nobody, no two-legged person, what is their responsibility? 
They are in harmony with the mother nature. And they go and they do. And just by their doing, things began to grow. Things began to bloom and become more expansive. And that family kingdom in the waters is can you count how many creatures are in the waters? You can't. There are so many. And then the growth increase, 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 increase throughout the whole ecological system through Mother Nature. But us two-leggeds, we don't forget where we come from, where we are today, and where we're going. We have forgotten this, but this is inside of us, deep, within our own soul, who we are, where we come from, where we are, and where we're going. If we don't know those three things, we don't know our purpose in life. But the creatures know their purpose in life, and they do it in harmony with nature. They never ask us, what is their purpose in life? They never ask us what they should do today. Should they go up north or should they go down south or should they go east or should they go west? They follow and work in harmony with the Mother Nature. Did I answer your question there? Yes. Yes. Um, indeed you did. Yes. And one, um, one other message from Mother Yamaya is she wants all women worldwide to go to the waters and make the offerings. And if you go to the website, you can see the YouTube that we have created and making prayers to the Creator and making those offerings. This is an ancient way that's instilled in each and every one of us. More that we do for us, more that we also be blessed in our life. But in an indigenous way, we don't look for something back in return. Because we go make offerings in the ceremony. We never look for something back in return. Because it's a way of life. It's a way of being. It's a way of taking care. Right. And that that, that particular way and that philosophy that you're speaking of, I think that that's kind of missing from society. So can you speak on that? What are the... um? spiritual merits behind doing something and letting go, you know, because we're in a society where people have been trained, you know, to um, weigh things out. If you give something, you have to receive something, and then you even got to weigh it. So if there's something less, then you still got to go back and look for more. And that's how some people have been conditioned by this particular society that, you know, puts um, a value on a gesture, you know, like somebody did something good to you or what was it worth or what does this person want? 
there's a skepticism involved with good doing. Can you speak on that in terms of what are the spiritual disciplines behind doing certain things and letting go and allowing spirit to take control? Yeah. The people ego has gotten too big. Their ego has become huge. And when they speak, they are speaking from their ego. They're not speaking from their heart. See, we have to begin to speak from our heart more. Most of us are speaking from our mind and such random thoughts. And when we don't connect with this Mother Earth, to connect with this Mother Earth, it's not something difficult. When you just lie upon the earth, why can't you not just say, Oh God, oh Creator, thank you for this Mother Earth. And when you go to the garden or to the grocery store and shop for food, and you not say, God, Creator, thank you for this food from the Mother Earth. When you go walking on the beach, and the water touch your feet and your legs, and your body begin to feel good, can you not just say, thank you, O Mother Earth, O Ocean Mother? Can These words, when we say them from the heart, it begin to diminish our ego. When we are not taught from a young person that this creation is sacred, your body is sacred, it's been given to us. None of us created this earth. None of us created this human body. There's a soul that dwells inside each of our bodies. But if we're not taught from young, from childhood, that this earth is sacred and this earth is a mother, she's female, and we're not taught that the body we have is sacred, and we want to mark our body all up. We want to use it and put drugs in it. We want to have rampage of sexual experiences. We want to put alcohol in it. You see, we want to eat the wrong foods all the time. Then we pollute our body. Our mind become more polluted. These things that the indigenous people caretakers of the earth, teach their children from the time they're born that all this is sacred. The sun is sacred. The moon is sacred. The sky is sacred. The waters are sacred. All of the earth is sacred. We must take care. If we don't take care, we will not exist. If we do not take care, we will not exist if we do not take care. We will not exist. This is what the indigenous people, elders teach their children so the children know better when they grow up to respect the Mother Earth, respect their bodies, respect the sky. Respect others and watch your thoughts. 
because your thoughts can hurt people. Watch what you say that can hurt this creation and clean your heart and have a good heart. If you do not have something good to say about someone, then do not speak it. That means clean your heart. These are wisdom teachings that's been taught for thousands and thousands of years. We say we know some of these teachings, but we are not practicing the teachings. So here in Turtle Island, the indigenous people, the native people of this land, these are their teachings. And this is why today they hold on to those teachings so tight and they don't let them go because they know that if they let these teachings go and not do the ceremonies and put in practice and honoring all of our relations, then there's no more existence for the two legates. So this has to be taught all the way from infancy. about the respect, about the love, about our heart, about how we speak it. What are we really looking at? If this creation is sacred, is not all people sacred? Is not all the waters and trees on this Mother Earth sacred? Is not all the creatures on this earth sacred? So this teaching is the foundational teaching for the existence of all humanity, not just individual householder. We must put it into practice, make it a part of us. Don't see a person for the color of their skin. See a person from the heart. We begin to practice that more in the daily life. Then we are demonstrating love in action. And we need more love in action. We say, I love you, I love you, I love you. What is that? I love you, I love you, I love you. Those are words. You don't feel it from the heart. When someone speaks from the heart, you know that it's from the heart, not from the head. Our intelligence, we must use it, and we must use our intelligence wisely. But when we are speaking every day to each and every one, we look at them in the eyes gently, and we speak it from our heart. Then we will feel that thread that thread that touches each and every one heart, and we'll say that thread is unbroken because that heart comes from none other than the Creator Himself to all of us, and that we're all connected by that one thread of love. And we can do it. Don't think we can't do it. 
We all can do it. If only we will accept that all is sacred and put it into practice, then we'll see a world of harmony. We'll see a world of unity. We'll see a world peace beginning to manifest all throughout this Mother Earth. Now, I want to reiterate, because you may mention about the women in the audience that are hearing this, and, you know, you may mention about them going to the water and making an offering. Now, we want to um, direct them appropriately. You said they could go to the website. The information is on the website. Yes, the ocean ceremony is on the website. And the website is uh, org, And you just have to click on Ocean Ceremony. And they will see there should be the YouTube there for them to click on too. And they can see the Ocean Ceremony. Okay. Yes. Eagle Wings of Enlightenment dot org, correct? That's it. www Eagle Wings of Enlightenment dot org. Yes, and you have videos on there, tutorials or instructional videos about what the women should do when they go down to the waters. Well, they can look at that video and yes. what they do would call me because I must give the blessing. Being the elder that's the keeper of this ceremony, they must ask for permission to be able to facilitate it, and I will give them the blessing for them to go ahead so that they can do it and they can have other ladies to come to do it with them. But they contact me, and I'm available to speak with them, and they can call directly to the center at 323-779-0210. And we will dialogue together, and then I will explain more to them and then give them the blessing. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, family. <clears throat> so women in the audience, please take heed. Um the instructions and information that she has shared with you this evening, eaglewingsofenlightenment.org is the site that you will want to go to to um, start your, your, your journey, your path that ultimately leads to the waters so you can play your part on this particular plane of existence with putting that good energy back into the water and connecting with Yemiya. Okay. Um, I had some else that I wanted to ask you. Just trying to uh come up with the thought. Um Yes. Are there other videos on YouTube of you doing lectures and ceremonies that the family can uh, look, no, look at? Uh, not at this time. 
but there will be some uh, makings in the future. Um, I did speak briefly about the origin of the Mother Yemaya ceremony, and uh, that's on there, but uh, there will be more in the future, but not right now. And I think that um, I would like to share about my recent journey to India, if that's okay. Absolutely. Please do. Yes. Um, And I want to thank you women from across the world, whoever is listening, if you wish to join in the ocean ceremony, uh, please, you're welcome. And like I said, it's once a month and it's on the full moon. So I thank you for accepting that invitation on behalf of our mother, Yemaya. Um, What I would like to share with everyone is that um, I was invited to a historical world tribute uh, to the 150th birth anniversary celebration years of Swami Vivekananda. Swami Vivekananda, they said he was a lion among men. His master sent him to America in 1893. He was the first yogi to come to North America. So this January 20th, 30th, his birth celebration began on January 12th in India, and then it went all the way to January the 30th. Last year, uh, in September, I spoke also in honor of his 150th birth celebration in California. And once I spoke here in California to honor him, then I was asked in the open invitation by the organization in India to come and speak there to the youth. So this took place on January 30th. I was on a panel of seven, and I spoke there to over 16,000 youth in India. These were youth from high school all over India that came to Kolkata, which is now called was called Calcutta, and at a place called Balor Mat. There I spoke to the students, and one thing I shared with the students is that in this life, students in America, students in India, you're all one. You're all the youth. You may have different challenges in the life, but you are the youth. You are the future. But in your daily life, where you're at right now, you must yearn and you must seek God in your life. For your elders are not going to be with you always. You may call on your elders for all the different challenges that you experience in the life. But you yourself must call now stronger upon God 
This world is changing. It is an international, global world now. But you must be lions, young people, and you must be lionist. In your boldness, seek God far and most in the light. Seek Him with your heart, your mind, your soul, and your might. But seek God for yourself and realize God in your daily life. Do this while you're young. Do not wait until you get old. Young people want to say we're going to have a long life. Well, some people today, young people, are dying young and have not sought God. But if you seek God every day, focus inside yourself and you pray, try your best to meditate every day. Do that first, even before you open up your school books. But do that, and you will begin to cultivate a deeper relationship with God in your life, and you'll begin to have more strength. So when your elders leave, you will be able to stand like a lion and like a lioness. You will be bold. You will be strong. This, young people in India and America, I said, this is what I bring you this day. Because too often, as a young person, we always want to be a young person. And we think, oh, Mom is there, father's there, grandparents is there, or even great grandparents might be there. But we have not cultivated ourselves. So in India, after I gave the message, and I was on the panel for three hours, a three hour panel at the closing day of that ceremony, they asked me. They want me to be on the closing day. And to be a closing day for something that's been going on for days, not only in India, but worldwide, they've been celebrating the life of the great yogi, Swami Vivekananda. That was an honor. That was an honor. They said, Mataji, we're going to have you for the closing on January 30th to speak on that day. And it was an honor to do that because it's a blessing. Because when I look at the 13, 16,000 or 20,000 people there, it's a blessing to see my brothers and sisters out there sitting, waiting and listening to what I'm about to say. I can feel their love I can feel the anticipation. But most of all, I realize our oneness, that you are my relative. Some of you are younger than me. Some of you may be the same age as I am. Some of you may be older than me. But you are my relative. And I told them, and I said, we are all related. We are all related. And I said, this is Mother India. It's the land of great yogis, 
great swamis, great saints come out of Mother India. And I'm so glad to be here to speak to everyone this day. How many people were gathered there? They say on the first beginning days it was 20,000 plus. Mm. Yes. This is the count that they were coming up with. And these, in this conference, in honoring Swami Vivekananda worldwide, there were guest speakers, delegates worldwide. I was one of the delegates from Los Angeles, California to go. And I was the only African Native American there speaking. And they had every day from different countries that spoke from morning till evening. The program started around 9 a.m. in the morning, going all the way until about 6 p.m. in the afternoon, then after that having some theatrical or musical programming. So they had dignitaries come in and speak. The governor of Calcutta, the prime minister of Calcutta came in to speak. Professors, teachers, lecturers worldwide was on the platform speaking. Different heads of religion were there from the Sikh religion to the Buddhist religion, from the Catholic church religion was there, from the Christianity faith was there. From the from the uh, Islamic faith was there, and also the tribal, local indigenous people were there. Uh. So the interfaith people were there as well, as well as the highly intellectual educators that spoke. Wow. Yes. How does how does one go about preparing for an event such that magnitude? Is there a particular routine that you put yourself through? Is there a mantra that you might rely upon? Like how do you prepare your mind to address such a swath? You know, a, a group of a large group of people such as that. How does one prepare? Well. When I was called to attend that conference, I knew in my heart it was God asking me to speak. Yes. And I said that for me to speak is a higher purpose. And I knew it inside of myself. So even several days before I was to speak, because I, I arrived in India several days before we had to arrive by the 22nd of January. And then the conference, the closing programs began on the 23rd, all the way to the 30th. But prior to that, for four months straight, 
they have been doing honoring celebrations throughout India. So I was of the major closing ceremony from 23rd to the 30th. So the days prior to the 30th, I was in prayer. I was also going over the life of Swami Vivekananda because that's who we are honoring. I wanted to know more about him. They had given us some books on him, given us some literatures of his words, of his teachings, of his childhood. I also visited his home where he was raised so I can get more. Who is this Swami that they call the Lion of India? Not just of a state, but they call him a Lion of India, which is a whole country. Yes. A vast. That's a vast, yes. This is a God-man. For a country to adopt and say that he is a lion of that country, he is a God-man. So I was fortunate to go to his home where he was raised. The state of Calcutta has made that a place where people worldwide can go to his home. It's a museum now. I went to his teacher, his master home as well. I went to the female master home, Mother Sheridan. I went to her home prior. I felt her holy vibrations that's still emanating at her home. So those, by going to those sacred sites and being inward in my own prayer, I began to realize more who is Swami Vivekananda. Why did he come to the West? Why did his master bless him to come to the West? And the one word is that it was time. That is the one word. It is time. It is time, my son, that you go to the West. And during that time, it was the first Parliament of World Religions taking place in Chicago, and he became a guest speaker. He was not even on the roster to speak, but his master sent him to go and speak with the faith that he himself had in God. The doors opened. He even slept upon the streets in Chicago back in 1800s, late 1800s before someone took him in. And that person who took him in was able to help him to get in and to speak at the Parliaments of World Religions. And for the first time in America, they they established the interfaith of religions at that conference. And they said that when Swami Vivekananda stood up to speak. He used the words, brothers and sisters of America. Those words have never been addressed like that in America. When someone would get up to speak to a large conference, they said the audience stood 
and give him a standing ovation. Because he said, brothers and sisters of America, yes. And his speech was the shortest speech, but it was so powerful that it drew the scientists, the rich people towards him, the high intellect towards him. Where did this monk, this simple monk come from? And he said it's so direct and so eloquent. They said, we have to study from him. Yes. The first yogi to come, to bring the ancient teachings of the Vedas to America, to bring Sanatadama, to bring Vedanta, to bring the holy scriptures to this land of the East. The first teaching of yoga came out of the mouth of Swami Vivekananda. And now the word yoga and this anniversary of the 150th anniversary of Swami Vivekananda, it became now after 150 years, is common upon the lips of the people in America. Even some of your friends say, now I'm going to do some yoga. The pastors, yes. the hatha yoga, I'm going to do some breathing. Well, he was the God-man who brought it here first. Not Paramahansa Yogananda. It was Swami Vivekananda. Paramahansa Yogananda was the second spiritual giant brother from India to come in 1920. But Swami Vivekananda came in 1893. And one other fact I learned about Swami Vivekananda when I was there before I spoke is he only lived 39 years. Dr. Martin Luther King only lived 39 years. And is he not a lion among men in America today? Is there not a stone statue of Dr. King on the Washington Mall? In Washington, D.C.? He is a giant. King is a lion among men. Swami Vivekananda from the east, a lion. King from the west, a lion among men who preach nonviolence. Swami Vivekananda also preached nonviolence. Ahamza. He said, you're rich. Help the poor because they are starving. All that money you have, do something good with it and help those in need. Don't hold on to your money. When the rich came to Swami Vivekananda, that's what he told them. And they said, well, don't you want my money? He said, I don't want your money. I came with the message. You see, non-act of nonviolence. Because to be greedy and selfish It's a violent act. Yes. Not to be greedy and selfish is nonviolence. It's a peaceful act. You see? Teachings of Swami Vivekananda. So as I read about him, 
As I went to his home, the home of his master, the home of his divine mother, and listening to some of the other yogis speak about him, yes, it prepared me. But what stood out was that I knew in my heart he was a God-man, that he had to start off early to become a God-man. And because he only had 39 years on the earth, like Martin Luther King, only 39 years on earth, and Martin Luther King is a God-man, was a God-man himself. And he started out early in life with his faith with God. So this Swami Vivekananda, once he found his master, he surrendered all. But before he surrendered all, he had one question to his master. And that question was, he said, have you seen God? And his master said, yes, I have seen God. And Swami Vivekananda said, Him I will study and come to know God for myself. They say. They said he had gone to other Swamis and yogis, and none of them can confess that they had seen God until he went to Sri Ramakrishna. And Sri Ramakrishna said, Yes, I have seen God. Then that's when he planted his feet firmly on the journey and took up on the quest. And with all the might and power and his soul inside of himself, he accomplished more in those few years than most people can accomplish in one lifetime. So when I began to speak, I didn't write something down. I could only pray in myself. I said, God, let thy words come through me. Whatever it is that you want to say, let those words come through, God. Because today I'm speaking about Someone who is a God-man himself that sought you and breathed you and lived you and became a renunciant, a monk, chose not to marry, chose not to have children, chose not to seek the pleasures of the world, to live simply. And God, and you touched his heart. And I'll tell you this one thing. Before I spoke, On that day, what I learned about Swami Vivekananda was that as a monk, and after his master went on into Mahasamadhi, made his transition into the spiritual world, he took upon himself and another reflection also, King did a similar thing. Swami Vivekananda walked in India, different parts of India. He saw the intense poverty of India. 
They said at night he would cry for Mother India because the poverty was so great he couldn't take it. Say he would cry to God. And his fellows, brothers, disciples could not understand him sometimes because he would cry and weep for Mother India poverty. And he said, we've got to get out of this poverty. We have too much poverty. Well, when you read the life story of Dr. Martin Luther King, before he left this world, they said he went in the east and into the ghettos. And he went, up, he went among the poverty people, and it touched his heart so deeply. They said he was there for several months. He wanted to see himself, the people in the north and how they lived. And he also, he said it was very rough for them. Sometimes it was more rougher for the, how the people live in the north than how the people lived in the south. And he was surprised. And then his heart began to change. He says, yes, I've done many things to help the civil rights movement, but now I want to help the poor of America. Yes, this was deeply in Dr. King's heart before he became an ancestor. And it was deeply in the hearts of Swami Vivekananda from Mother India. Two great God-men. So that's why when I began to realize that, I could feel his tears. My eye began to tear. I could feel his pain. My heart began to pain. And after I cried, and my heart became lighter, I said, God, then you give him the strength, Swami Vivekananda. God, you gave King the strength. And whatever else that they were to do, they did it. And then you took him home. And I said to myself, this is the plight of all spiritual teachers and all spiritual leaders on earth when they can reconcile what's happening around them with the people and what is needed for the people. And those who will love so deep, you will feel the pain of the people and you also will cry for the people. If you have not shed a tear yet, if you have not felt the people pain yet, you're not quite there yet. But one day you will get there, and there will become more lions and lionesses, like Dr. King and Swami Vivekananda on earth, to make this place here on earth a better place for all God's children. So that's how I prepared myself before I spoke to those thousands of people on the 30th of January. Now, in your particular walk, on your path, you know, what ultimately led you down this particular road? Was it gradual steps or did you take a giant leap into faith? Hmm. 
It was a steady step. The faith in God, I cultivate that young. Because I always believed that there was a God. When I first heard the words that there is a God. And God created this world. And God created all the planets and the stars. And all the creatures. All the elementals, and God created us human beings. When I first heard those words, I always had believed that there is a God. My faith in God just increased. My faith in God has never decreased since I was a young, young child to all the way up to now. So for me, the walk with God in life deepened, we say, as I began to experience this this vast unity and diversity. When I was young, I asked God the question, why is it some people like to be a Christian, some people like to be a Muslim, Uh, Some people like to be a Hindu. Uh, Some people don't practice nothing. But you have all these diverse spiritual traditions on earth and religions. I asked that question very young. Why? Why, God? And the only answer I would get to know me in all this is to experience me. That was the answer. To know me and all this has been created, you must experience me. And that stuck with me. And yet I knew I was talking with God, but he said, I must experience him. So as time went on, I prayed. I learned to meditate. I studied the Holy Scriptures. And as this journey began to blossom, in my late teens, in my early 20s, began to blossom, I began to meet. Not for me, I didn't go out to meet, but high enlightened ones come to me. And they come one at a time. And I would talk and commune with them. And then I realized I need to meditate deeper and longer, deeper and longer, and do not give up and continue and continue. Because I began to realize that that communion in God and that direct experience with God, that It's in the silence. And there's the silence in all of us. But I begin to realize I must go deeper in that silence. In the East, when you have entered that depth of the silence, and you begin to hear the voice of God directly. It's not your mind. It's not your subconscious. 
Because when the voice of God will speak, you will know it's God and no other voice. There is not even no words to describe it because it does not even sound like the human voice. When I had that direct experience of God in myself, then I realized what God said years ago. All this is his, but to know me, you must experience me. That was the words I heard. And once I had that direct experience, realization with God, that has never left me. It has never left me today. So whatever, even I'm asked to do something, and if it takes fruition, I say, God, it must be your will. I didn't contact them. They asked me to do that. And I try, and I try my best to do that will for God. And I think this is why When I spoke to the youth that day, I wanted to remind them, because for me, I started off young, very young. For me, I would take a day off and not play with my playmates and go and talk with God. I would walk and I would sit. And I said, God, I know you're there. I'm talking to you. I know you can hear me. And I would do that not for a few minutes. I would do that for several hours. Because I want to talk with God. Because I know in my heart, so young, that God has all, have all the answers. Have all the answers. And God also has his time when he speaks back to you. And my time, that direct, deep, inner communication was in my early 20s. So that time has, has blossomed. It has blossomed more now. Because it's God that put you on the path. God to take you to these places for you to have certain experience. If God to for you to God have you to make a speech, God have you to go down the Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, Mississippi, maybe to feed the poor, or to read a book. God's hand is in all that we do. So many may not recognize it, but I'm grateful today that I can recognize it and say, God, this is Your will. This diversity that's on this planet, it is your will. How can such a man think of all these different diversity? All this diversity is God's will, whether mankind think it's not. It is his will. All the diversity, all the different people on this planet, it is his will. It's not man's will. If it was man's will, Man would be loving each other. Man would never have a war. Man would never criticize another man's religion. 
Man would not judge another man. But this is all God's will. Can man stop it? No. Only in his foolishness he tries. But it's to no avail. Who can stop it all? God. He that give it, he's also the one that take it back unto himself. And that's each and every one of us. We can't take ourselves back in ourselves. And we can't give ourselves unto ourselves. It's only God that give it, and it's only God that take it back. That is the existence. Indeed, indeed. With your permission, um, just want to read some of the places that you've been throughout the world. Okay. Yes. Okay, so not only have you been to India and spoke to thousands, but you've also traveled to Nepal, Tibet, Uganda, Tanzania, Egypt, Kenya, Peru, Bosnia, Italy, France, Singapore, Bolivia, Australia, Sicily, Ethiopia, and of course throughout the continental United States. But through all your travels, you always end back up in South Central Los Angeles. Can you speak to me about what that love is about and why it always brings you back to South Central? Because God planted the seed. He plant all his seeds wherever he wants them in this world to be. And this seed is deep here in South Central. This place is deep in the heart of God. This place, he said, I plant you there. That is the place I want you to be. And I say praise be to God. Why not South Central Los Angeles? Is not we all equal? Is not we all brothers and sisters? Are we not family? Because God said when for me to experience him, I didn't experience him, go away to the Himalayas and say I'm going to meditate and experience him in the Himalayas because that's where God is and he's not somewhere else. God meant for me to experience him right where I'm at. And that's here in South Central Los Angeles. I realize God right here. doesn't matter if the airplane is flying above, helicopters circling every day, if people sometimes playing their music a block down the street. I am here. This experience with God takes place right where I'm at. And it has taken place and it continues to take place right here in South Central. See? So some people say, my home is in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Well, my spiritual home here on earth is in South Central. And I give thanks for it. Because God's blessing 
is overflowing right here in South Central Los Angeles. So we can't just say that I think I want to go to that mountaintop over in Zuni and I'm going to pray there because that's the holiest mountain on earth. And then there's a little hill 10 miles down the road and you won't pray there because that's a little hill. But I heard that the big mountain of Zuni is the most holiest mountain in the world. So I'm going to just go pray there to God. God said, I'm everywhere. Did I not create the big mountain and the little hill too? Why would I not be down in the valley? Am I not in the ocean? Am I not in the river? Am I not in all the cities in America? If I'm everywhere, that means I'm in all the cities of America. Even those they call slums or ghettos or they badmouth like a place called South Central. God said, I'm there too. I'm everywhere. It is man's actions. Okay. And what comes out of his mouth that he defiles his surroundings. But if man can remember that God is here, then he may stop doing those things that's foul out of his mouth and his actions that are foul and realize that also where he lived, God is there with him. And that's where the faith that's been established when you're young becomes even stronger like a lion. And you begin to realize, yes, God is everywhere, all the time, inside you, around you, throughout this whole creation. All is God. You see? So God has has blessed me and blessed this place. Yes, I love the Himalayas. I love to go to tall mountains to sit, maybe meditate. But I'm not attached to the Himalayas. I'm not attached to the big mountains because I know God's presence is everywhere. It's everywhere. So for me, there's no separation. Yes. Indeed. Okay, so we are embarking on the time that we normally pause to do our meditation at 11.11, which, of course, in this time zone is still 8 o'clock. Nonetheless, do you have any um, specific words that you want to share in preparation for this meditation that we're about to go into? Yes. Um, I want to share that let us all be within the heart when we partake of this meditation. Because uh, you're chanting what own money pet me home. So yes. be within your heart when you do that. Because own money pet me home is the jewel in the lotus which is in the seat of the heart. And be with love, 
don't have any anticipation. Don't have any anticipation to see something or even to feel it. Just be in your heart and be at peace with it and let the sacred mantra, sacred prayer, sacred words begin to bless you. Begin to bless you and see your neighbors being blessed, seeing all of America being blessed, all the waters on the earth being blessed, and see the whole Mother Earth being blessed as you go within that holy sacred chanting of those sacred words and deeper into your meditation. And try your best to go into the silence with the mantra. Yes. Yes. Indeed. With that family, we're going to go into Omni Pad Me Home. Dark place, preferably pitch black, feet flat to the floor, palms facing upwards to the edge of the knee, index finger and thumbs touching, forming a pyramid, tip of the tongue touching the roof of the mouth, pulling your air from your abdominals, exhaling out of your mouth, eyes closed, meditating to the sounds of Omni Pad Me Om. As Matachi said, it stands for the jewel and the lotus. Perfect balance between the masculine and the feminine principle. And we will be back shortly. Anything coming out of the switchboard? I don't know if it's delayed family. It appears to be playing. I just don't hear anything. We all can hear you. Yes. Oh, 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 oh,
uh, yesterday, which is the day, uh, the 21st, and also tomorrow, the 22nd. And tomorrow we're making seven offerings, and for all the waters upon the earth, but also we're making offerings and thanksgiving for those who help bring down the water. And those are the thunder beams. You have seen like thunder lightning in the sky. They are called yes. thunder beams. And these thunder beams ride on the backs of four horses. And the horse the horses bring the water all the way down to the earth. So this in the in the tradition of the Lakota people, uh, they speak of this. And so uh, one of the great chiefs of the Lakota nation, Chief Orville Looking Hearts, I spoke with him recently, and he said, uh, when you go to the water on, on the International Water Day to remember the Thunder Beans and the Hearts Nation, and so this year, beginning this year, uh, California had about, in three different places, droughts. And, yes. in, the, and in the month of February, uh, we had four days straight of rain. Not all over California, but especially down in south central Los Angeles, we had four days of rain. And so that helps society to drought. And because this is the wind harsh year and the native tradition of the Lakota people and also of the Chinese people, it is the wind harsh year. So making the offerings on the same day that's internationally recognized through the UN Council, uh, making these seven offerings, we're going to offer seven, seven offerings and remembering all the waters on earth, and remember the thunder beans and the harsh nation. And to give thanks and honor to those that the Creator allowed to do this type of service for humanity. See? Bringing right. down so, water. So someone we'll, is sitting... Okay, I'm listening. We'll be meeting at Eagle Wings tomorrow morning um, at 5 a.m. and not all. Uh, if you're if you're feeling uh, called to go to the waters tomorrow, uh, you can make the seven offerings with us, uh, and that's we we're offering cornmeal, we're offering um, milk, we're offering yogurt, we're offering honey, uh, we're offering dimes, seven dimes, and we're offering seven seven pennies. And we're offering tobacco, organic tobacco, not the cigarette tobacco, uh, because the original tobacco it was only used for ceremonies, for sacred ceremonies, uh, not to smoke, to receive pleasure from, like in cigarettes. Right. So, uh, so the sacred tobacco is the seventh offering. So I'll just share this with you, and, and if you're not able to go, uh, you know, just remember us and remember the water tomorrow in such a way you take a bath in the water, give thanks for the water that comes through your shower, give thanks for the water that comes through your faucet tomorrow uh, that you cook yes. with, 
the water that you may iron with, the water you use to mop your floors with, you know, the water that you are drinking, even the water you buy in the store to drink. So tomorrow, give thanks to the Creator tomorrow for water. And that we, especially here in America, we have fresh water. Fresh water. Every day we have fresh water. So tomorrow, we should just give thanks. Whatever form of water you use, even mixing water to make tea or to, or to drink juice and water together, or you fast on water, to just give thanks to the Creator that we have this water. Be very appreciative that we have this water and, and do it with love. So this is what's asked for tomorrow. And this is global. This is going right. out worldwide. Because the United Nations has established this as International World Water Day, March 22nd. Yes, yes. Around the mm-hmm. entire planet. Yes. Yeah, honoring water. And um, we're going to be right there with them. You know, honoring our water and doing whatever is necessary to admonish us in our love to the waters of the world, you know, and family, you know, you can speak to the water inside of you. Do remember that you all compose majority of water, your water beings. Yeah. Okay. And you, you actually live within the ocean. The air is full of water. You know, we're in a visible fishbowl on a visible ocean. Everything is, 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 is hydrogen. So, you know, we want to um, be very mindful of it. And, you know, when you wake up in the morning, speak to the water inside of you. They say that uh, we are born with our water and we are, we remain with that water for the majority or the duration of our life. Um, I have a tendency to think that you can change that water or change the, um, the actual coating of that water. And, of course, that's why we advocate alkaline water and things of that particular nature. Um, but like Dr. Emota has showed many times, you can talk and converse to the water and actually reprogram it. So talk to the water inside of you. If you have to pull up a water molecule on a computer to give you a visual, if you can close your eyes and picture it yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you just need one visual of, of a drop of water or a water, mo- water molecule and then understand that you have trillions of cells, so you duplicate that trillion times over. But if you focus on one and you just amplify, you know, you just amplify that particular, um, that, 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 that one picture, that one module, you know, it'll replicate itself throughout your body. So focus on that. Family, tap into that water that's within you. You know, that pure water. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, make make tomorrow that make that your walking meditation everywhere that you go. You know what I'm saying? And then you'll become a water purifier everywhere that you go. You can walk up in the grocery store if you're doing that constant meditation throughout the day. If you're magnifying that intent, then people that you come into contact with, you can share it with. You know, touch their water, 
Go to the ocean, touch the ocean, just build up that force within yourself where you understand, you have a firm understanding that water is one of the most important things on the planet and off the planet, within you and without you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are currently locked and embroiled in, in, in you know, a water war. They have a tendency to tell you that there's a shortage of water. I don't believe that. I think there's um, aquifers, many players, places that are undiscovered. You know, I know that when the people start getting their thing together, we'll discover water, you know, more water than we can shake a stick at or know what to do with. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very key. You know, it's very key um, that we speak about water and we speak about the fact that, you know, water is our reflection. We are water. Okay, it's just robed in flesh. So what we see outside of ourselves, what we see in these oceans, you know, what we see in terms of the oil and the radiation and the water and unprecedented amounts, I'm always of the mind to step back from that analysis and say, you know, you have to take some sort of personal assessment about what you're putting in your personal waters, because if that's what the ocean looks like, then that's must what the majority of the bodies of humanity look like at this particular point, because they're mirroring one another. So I would say, you know, really take personal assessment of what, what the waters inside of you might look like based on the things that you know that you might have been doing for the duration of your life. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you jog, if you're active, you know, only you know if you drink enough water, are you coming into contact with enough water? You know, these things you have to be very mindful and honest with yourself about. Okay? And, and you know, so water, you know, water's like a good woman. Don't take her for granted. <laughs> she could be here today and gone tomorrow. So you want to be very cognizant and mindful about, you know, the fact that you do have access to water now. You know, don't take that for granted because as Mata G has said, she's traveled the world. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's been plenty of places. They don't have that privilege. They can't pop into a corner store and, you know, get the water there, even if it's acidic. That over nothing. But not even that. They don't have running water coming out of a faucet. I went to Uganda. They have to get on a bicycle. When the sun comes up in the village in Uganda, they get on a bicycle, go about 20 miles. They have about four containers on that bike, two on each side, big containers. The husband go out, go to a well, fill up those containers, and come back to the house. One container is for cooking, one container is for washing, um, washing the body. Another container is for cleaning up around the house like that. The next container is for drinking. Yes. This is happening right now in Uganda today. That village has no running water coming to it. So we are blessed here in America. We have a kitchen, we have a sink, we have faucet, we have a tub, we have a shower. 
And we also have an ocean. If we don't have this, we have an ocean we can go and take a bath. We have a river that we can go get water to drink. So in India, the same thing. Some of the villages in India do not have running water. They have to go down to the river, okay, or they have to go down to a nearby well. And sometimes it's not close. They have to walk. Most of them don't have bicycles, like in Uganda. So they have to walk. And the women put the cloth on top of their head, and they have a big bucket or whatever, uh, or a bottle, and it sits on top of their head, and they bring it back so they can cook or they can clean. Some of them do not take a bath every day like we do because there's a water shortage for them. So we, yes, let us really be grateful tomorrow and let us think about all those that don't have fresh running water. It's not easy to get. Now, I've heard plenty of creation stories, various different ones, and like somebody just mentioned in the chat, they were talking about Hopi prophecies, and I think that um, I may have heard this uh, maybe dealing with the Dogon. I might be off or what have you, but they were they were attributing the different elements to the different quote-unquote races of people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And um, when it came to quote-unquote black man, they said that his element was water. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this, you know, in various other accounts, and, and the brother in the chat room was referencing the Hopi prophecies and what they were saying about water in relations to us as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this probably come out of some parts of Africa because Yemaya is black. It's yes. not it's not Olukun copper color. Yes. That's right. So traditionally there's different traditions throughout Africa that have their storytelling. Just like in Australia and here in Turtle Island. So not all the storytellings are the same, but when you look at Yemaya, she's charcoal black. And they said that all living things came out of the water first and then come up on the land. Yes. Yes. So it, it should be, you know, extra incumbent upon us to take heed to this particular message and, you know, to be about our water purification and our water intake and our water preservation. Yes. And um, I would like to go further now to speak on the ancestors. Uh, yes, is that okay? Yes, because uh, time is passing now, and uh, I realize I would I want to speak upon the ancestors. And the ancestors I'm speaking on is the ancestors that were put into slavery. 
the ones that were stolen or taken uh, from Mother Africa and put on ships and come to uh, North America. And those ancestors who died in North America over the last 400 years, those who died and sacrificed their body in the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Oceans, uh, the Gulf, even those ancestors of African descent that died in South America, those who died also in the Bermuda Triangle where some of the boats that had slaves upon them and it did not make it to the shoreline of the East Coast. The boat went down into to the Bermuda Triangle, all along the Caribbeans, all the islands in the Caribbeans, the Dominican Republic, all the way to Hades and Jamaica, all along the Ivory Coast, coastline of Africa, uh, you know, where they were taken from their village and then some died on the coastline. All the way those who who ran for their freedom and to the north of America and ran all the way to Canada and some went beyond Canada all the way to Alaska. Some slaves were even out on the Pacific Islands that many do not speak of and many may not even know of. Talking about all these slaves that became ancestors in the last 400 years. As a people, African-American people, also African people, always prayed in regards to the ancestors, always prayed about the ancestors, and many of us have done ceremonies for our ancestors. You say, because without them, we would not be. And even myself, I've made prayers and ceremonies on behalf of our ancestors. Well, this February, before I went to India, I received a divine revelation that to make three ceremonies consecutively, seven days apart, which will fall on a Sunday afternoon through the ancient sweat by ceremony. And to make these prayers for the emancipation of the African slaves that were in a state of entrapment, a state of spiritual bondage, a state of spiritual slavery and that were still earthbound. And also to invite people of Caucasian descent and people of Jewish descent. And those that will come of Caucasian descent, that they will ask for forgiveness for any of their ancestors or any Caucasian people that were slave masters who were cruel, who did not honor the slaves, who treat the slaves very bad, the women, the men, the children, and that they should come forward and ask for forgiveness for whatever atrocities they cause upon the slaves. So the present generation, they came of Caucasian descent. And then that descent of the Jewish lineage too. Those Jewish uh, ancestors who were in part of financing are those Jewish ancestors that bought slaves 
and they sold them into slavery, and also those who had owned slaves themselves, that they also ask for forgiveness for any of their ancestors and any wrongdoings to any of the African slaves. And yet, the Jewish people came as well. So African-American praying for their ancestors that were slaves over the last 400 years, Caucasian people standing with African-American people, Jewish people standing with African-American people. We're all becoming real within our hearts before we enter that sacred sweat life ceremony. And we become real in our heart in the sacred circle called the talking circle. In the indigenous way, when we have things to talk about, we don't do it with anger or hate or frustration. We bring about a talking circle, and you can have a talking stick, and you can hold that stick and you can speak it. But in this circle, we each had a chance to speak what was in our hearts about our ancestors, about what healing needs to take place, for the African slaves, for their entrapment. So Sunday, February 9th, we all gathered in circle and talked, and then we entered into the lodge and we prayed. The following Sunday, February 16th, we all circled African-American, Caucasian, and Jewish people asking for this healing and this forgiveness, this reconciliation, recognizing the wrongdoings for such a long period of time upon the African people and for the healing of the African slaves. We circle. People came from the Caucasian, African-American, and Jewish lineage. And we talk. And we shared. We went into the lodge and we prayed inside the lodge for the ancestors. Then, the third Sunday, February the 23rd, we circled again African Americans, Jewish people, and Caucasian people. This time we really shared even more from our hearts because we began to realize that this is good what we're doing. That yes, there is a great healing that has to take place between the Caucasian, African American, and Jewish people. And that we must be honest when we speak, but we must speak from a love. And that this that have happened with the African slaves, that this healing that we're asking the Creator to bestow upon the African slaves and their entrapment and bondage, that it be granted to them. And that at this point, that from the Caucasian lineage, not that no more we do this unconscious or unconscious, making people slaves and dishonoring people in any way. And from the Jewish lineage, if we bought slaves, no more do we buy slaves, people, and make them as slaves and dishonor them as if they're not human beings and that they are our brothers and sisters and not let this continue into the future generation. And those that spoke that was Jewish and Caucasian, they felt good about what they spoke 
and they spoke with it with determination. And then the African Americans who could remember or feel or sense what happened to their ancestors or to any African slave, they spoke. And they began to feel good that they spoke these words for the healing. And yet they could feel the suffering and pain. But not only did the African Americans feel the sufferings and pain of what the African slaves went through, also the, Arca- the Caucasian began to feel it. The Jewish began to feel it. And then the circle became whole because now everyone was began to truly feel what uh, even one, two, ten percent, whatever percentage they could feel, what that meant to be a slave. Then we entered the sacred lodge and we prayed. And we, we prayed in silence. Only one voice was speaking, and that was myself. The grandfathers came in, and they brought in all the African slaves, the spirits, and we spoke. And when they spoke their voices. And then at the end, we give thank you to the Creator that our ancestors spoke. And then we give thanks to the Creator. And that same night, it was the emancipation of the African slaves to so join into the eternal world to go back home to spirit, God. And when I speak, and when I speak about the African slaves, it was not just from North America. It was from the continent on the border of Africa inside the waters where they were trapped, inside the Bermuda Triangle, on the islands of the Caribbean, North America, South America, the islands of the Pacific Ocean, Canada, and Alaska. That night was their emancipation, and that night they returned into back into the eternal world. And it was said that it is done now, and that they would also be fed, that they also would receive a new spiritual garment, and that they would not no longer remember themselves as a slave. And then we all gathered around when that divine revelation took its fruition during the night. We all gather around the fire and we give thanks that we were able to come as African-American people, Caucasian people, and Jewish people to pray for the healing of a people. And all of our hearts were touched that night and our hearts were full inside to know that a people that was entrapped for a long time, had been free that night. And I say this because since that happened, there's been other revelations that have taken place. 
And the revelation is that blessings, blessings, blessings three times has been magnified throughout this earth. And that we must recognize our blessings not only where you live or in your community, but we must recognize those blessings worldwide because they are taking place even as I speak. And the blessings will increase. I say, oh, Matakiase, because we all are related. We all are related. Here we are. Here we are. So, from from my understanding of this particular ceremony, you're saying that these particular um, spirits were trapped in watery graves based on them not getting um, proper ceremonies done or or proper recognition for what happened in the Middle Passage? Yes. And based on this level of ritual that you put forth, it has freed those um, those entities up. This was beyond a ritual. This was people coming together and say they were willing to see and be for real in their hearts for what all their ancestors had done to the African slaves. This was a ceremony. We didn't do a ritual. We did a ancient ceremony which is called the great womb of the great-grandmother, which is called the sweat lodge. So when that spirits are trapped, like you said, there's no one there to make the prayers to help them to go on. So each one that had a very cruel or brutal death from lynching or just being murdered, some were burned to death, whole and they were still conscious. Some would some drowned, you see. Some was hacked to death. Some was raped when they bled to death. So many diverse things that took place. So they were trapped. They were earth bound. And this is since the last four hundred years. And there were approximately over 12 million African slaves that were earthbound. We call it, they were in entrapment. But they're free now. And what's to follow? And when they were freed on February 23rd, Three days later, getting close to the midnight hour of February 26th, is when the thunder beams came and started clapping. And then the rain began to fall close to midnight here in South Central L.A. on the 26th. Three days later. And then second day the rain came. Third day the rain came. The fourth day the rain came. And it's recorded on the news 
Channel 7 News that the inches of rain and the depth that has went into the earth from that rain had not been like this in years because the newscaster measured the depth of rain that took place in Los Angeles for four days straight. And they were not anticipating that kind of rain. And I said, all praise to God. All praise unto the Creator. All praise to God, the Spirit God, who freed the people. And because he freed the people, he also bought the rain. Indeed. I, um, I was here in Los Angeles. I, I witnessed that rain. It was, you could just feel it. It was a very um, spiritual occurrence. You know, I, I thought that it was um, it's something that, Los Angeles needed, you know, they was asking for it and crying for it, you know, but then when you don't know what kind of water's coming off of that ocean by way of Fukushima, you're like, sometimes you got to be careful about what you ask for, but what other choice do we have at this particular point? Because, you know, the horticulture, you know, the greenery, the plants, the vegetation, everything needs some form of hydration. And then as you, have mentioned, you know, with this particular ritual set forth, you know, water is always a way that the great divine speaks in terms of a cleansing ritual. So, um... But it's a healing. That rain was the healing and the blessing. That rain is the healing and the blessing. Even if there's some pollution in the in the ocean, when the Creator brings that new rain, it's a healing even in the ocean. There's a healing takes place with that new fall of that rain. And it goes deep inside the waters, just like it went deep inside the Mother Earth, and new vegetation sprouted up right before spring. And yesterday was the first day of spring. So that's... Yes. Rain was the blessing coming down from the heavens to the earth. It's blessed rain. And it's healing rain. And it's powerful rain. And that old, that old message that's in the water that's stale or polluted, it gets transformed with the power of the new rain. This is how the water regenerates itself. And this is why so many prayers have been going out at the beginning of the year to have rain to come because rain is also, it can regenerate the nature. It regenerates itself. Just like yes. the water you drink regenerates your colon and keep it clean. And you will still eat food. So the water you drink regenerates your colon. And keeps your colon healthy. Same thing the rain does for the ocean. Yes. Oh, you 
continue to do beautiful, noble things, not only for your direct community, but for the planet. Because we know that, you know, the community is your planet, or the planet is your community. And, um, you know, we have given direction to the family that wants to participate and acknowledging the water tomorrow on World Water Day, as well as the females in the audience want to participate and acknowledging the waters by way of Mother Emiya out of the ocean. Uh, I'll repeat one more time um, for the family that wants to get in contact, for the women in particular that want to get in contact with Mataji for direction and also to receive her blessings because she's the one that's putting forth this particular ceremony. One more time, can you give them the um, the phone number to the center? The website for the center is Eagle Wings of Enlightenment dot org family. And the phone number is three two three seven seven nine zero two one zero. Yes. So now can I give a final blessing? Yes, you can. I have about, I have a few people on the phone line. Um, If you wouldn't mind taking uh, some callers, we could probably knock a few out. Okay. But yes. So do you want to do it before or after? No, I'll do the final blessing at the end. All right. Let us go to the callers. Get some of the callers, uh, you know, interacting. The, um, and again, family, I don't know how quick this is going to take. I've been having some issues uh, earlier with my computer with speed and what have you. So I'm on. I'm going. I'm on. Going on faith. Okay, we're going to make this happen. Let's go to the first caller in the call queue. Caller from the three four seven. Three four seven four zero five four zero five. Caller, caller from three four seven. Might have to give it a second. Peace. Caller from the three four seven. Caller from the three four seven four five. Are you there? Your line is open. Peace. All right. I guess not. Caller from the 347. Let's go to Give it a second. Let's see. 
these computers have a mind of their own. Hmm. I'm going to try to open up the line. I have another caller in the call queue. As long as I'm simultaneously while we wait for the other line to open up. If your line opens, brother, while the other um, guest is on, brother Austin, for that matter, just put your phone on mute until we come around. Call us at 
There's a, some other kind of force that's manipulating Mother Nature. In other words, to bring the rain down. Yes, yes, yes. To, to bring, well, there is one force that's been manipulating the Mother Nature, if you use that word, manipulating, but that we're taking too much mineral resources out of the Mother Nature. There will be earthquakes in other places that have not had earthquakes before. It is because that we, there, she's getting dry in time, in, in, uh, inside, and there's been a form of, when they go for the oil now, they do a thing called fracking. Mm-hmm. And right now in L.A., the scientists are studying uh, the earthquake that we had. Uh, I think it was up north. I think it was mm-hmm. a Point nine. Then we had one that was a 4.4. On the regular television channel, we spoke that the scientists are researching because there's a part of California, I think, right here in Englewood, where they're doing fracking. And they say they think that because that they did the fracking, that it may have caused yeah. the earth to shift. Mm-hmm. Now, Man has used different modalities to take out of the earth. If you take out of the earth unnaturally and not in harmony with the earth, then you can cause the nature to offset itself. Okay? Mean yeah. that it will have an earthquake today instead of, instead of having this earthquake 10 years down the line. In the indigenous way, and what I have witnessed, and uh, and also making the prayers and the ceremonies because we have been taking so much from the Mother Earth, not just in America, but all over the Mother Earth. It has affected all different continents. Like, for instance, in the waters, uh, when they want to get the minerals deep in the water, they will... Uh, there's a way that they do it. They bomb inside, and usually it's in the floor of the water. And when they bomb inside, that makes it easy for them to extract the minerals. So if you bomb inside the floor of the water, and if it hits, that bombing hits a fault line, then that will cause a tsunami. Mm-hmm. You see? So what begins to happen, man in his own mind is trying to fix or trying to use his technology to help mankind. We need more minerals. We need for energy. We need for electricity. Now we need more things for our cell phones. Okay? So what happened, man has lost his connection with the Mother Earth, so he's doing things that's more harmful to the Earth and he don't think that it's harmful. So what happened? The earth was shift over here. She still quake. Although he bombed deep in the earth, although he fracked deep inside, inside of the earth, okay, she's still going to move her body, and she's still going to open her body, and a tsunami eventually will come up if she bombed up on what? A fault line, especially a major fault line. You use the word manipulation. I use the word is that we are out of touch with Mother Nature. 
We thank the knowledge that we have gained, the scientific knowledge or whatever knowledge you call it now, is greater than what the wisdom that comes from the earth. And right now, that's why the call from the indigenous people worldwide is that we must call the wisdom keepers forward to help repair our Mother Earth right now. Because we're having the lack of knowledge, okay? Number one, we're having this lack of knowledge and this lack of wisdom, okay? When you have lack of knowledge and lack of wisdom, and you think what you know to be that, to aid the Mother Earth or to use in the Mother Nature, and it caused side effects with the mother nature, then there's a whole unbalance begin to happen in the ecology system, not just in your own country, but worldwide. Worldwide. And when you have not realized, the more that you take from the mother earth, which takes hundreds of years to make gold, and you keep taking much gold as you can, much oil as you can, then you deplete that. She becomes dry inside, and then she has a major earthquake then because then it becomes rocks sitting on top of rocks. You see? We can say some of this is ignited by greed. Most of it is ignited through ignorance and not walking with the Mother Earth and understanding the Mother Earth and understanding that all this that we're taking from her, we don't need to take from her. Oh, yes, ma'am. And, yes. I, and I, definitely, I, I definitely greatly appreciate your blessings and your prayers. And I, as, uh, you know, like I said, us us as being the new newer generation, we have kind of, Somewhere lost our touch. So thank you for adding, and also KTL for adding, you know, these uh, important ingredients to help get us back online to start establishing us within the world and with even our family. So thank you, Queen. Thank oh, you. thank you so much, and thank you for your question. Okay, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Hotel, hotel, brother uh, Blue. Peace, peace. Hotel, brother. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm gonna put your phone back on mute. If it doesn't do it in time, because the wheel, you know, taking the time spinning. If you could put your phone on mute, I'd appreciate that. Okay, All right. brother. All right. Thank you. Okay, Mataji. Uh, do you want to do the closing ceremony now? Yeah, the closing blessing. Yes. I like everyone that's listening. I'd like for you to close your eyes gently. Just close the eyes gently and to feel relaxed. And as you begin to feel relaxed more within yourself, I ask that you be blessed consciously with the presence of God. I ask that God will purify and cleanse your mind and that your mind will return to a pure state. 
I ask that God would bring your soul forth. That you can also see that light of the soul. And that you would keep your attention inward on the sanctuary of the soul. And I ask that as you take a deep breath through your nose at this time, that you keep your mouth closed and breathe in sweetly through the nostrils and then exhale sweetly through the nostril. I ask that you take another breath. Keep your mouth closed Breathe in through the nostril and then exhale through the nostril. Ask that you take another breath. Breathe in through the nostril and exhale through the nostril. Allow yourself to be totally relaxed and feel the presence of God inside of yourself. Begin to see His eternal white light blessing your body, blessing your thoughts, and blessing your spirit. yourself to feel the peace throughout your whole being and the peace that you experience let's also include all people on earth all creatures all body of water and ask for God's white light to bless all of us as you begin to feel his peace. And let us take that breath one more time in through the nostrils with the mouth closed. And then inhale and then exhale. And let us repeat together, O God, thy peace you have placed in my mind. O God, thy peace you have placed in my heart. O God, thy peace you have placed in my hand. O God, Thy peace thou have placed in my feet. O God, thy peace thou have placed in my back. 
O God, thy peace, thy place in my spirit. May I consciously forever walk with thee. May I consciously realize thee with every breath. May I consciously love thee. Peace, peace, peace. for this program may they be blessed and may the interaction and dialogue among the people may continue all in a good way peace 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 And thank you all for listening and receiving. Yes, we thank you for joining us on this evening. At the beginning of spring, as all things are refreshed and renewed, it was only right that we, you know, signal the beginning with the mother. So I bid you all a good night. Yes. We bid you one as well. Peace. Peace. Indeed, family, um, thank you everyone that has joined us on tonight's epic episode. Uh, I want to leave us on a, on, on a good note, on a high note. Played this song on Tuesday. I'm going to play it again tonight, you know, to lead us out. I was trying to upload some midnight. I didn't get it done in time, but I, was, I don't want to swear, but I promise you, I, don't, I can't make a promise either. It's not about trust. Sometime very shortly, we're going to have a midnight show where we just playing midnight tunes. We're going to do that on, on one of the off days, like a Saturday or Thursday or something. But there's some music out there that you need to hear. You know, these these brothers are, are master musicians on your own time. If you're not familiar with, with the band Midnight, I'm saying, Corey, could you two do? The brother has over 40-something albums, from what I understand. But none of, none of his, you know... None of those tunes will let you down. You know, every one of them is 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 right in tune with what it needs to be, and I'm sure that your spirit is going to take you to what you need. So check the brothers out. Check Midnight out. All right. But for now, we're going to let the Electronica ride us out on this one. Pause. All right. This is the latest offering from this musical maestro. 
All right, family, see you next Tuesday. Uh, I believe the brother Dick Gregory will be here on next Tuesday's program. All right, so definitely, you know, we set it off with Mata G, and we're going to bring the grandfather in, and we are going to thank you. If uh, one would uh, open up such truth as the truth of God uh, to the people, I do think that he's within his right to stay out of the sight of the people until he has uh, uh, won everything to himself, as the Bible referred for us to it, like this, that uh, he's something like a king looking for a kingdom. And that he go and he uh, visit uh, the people, and then he leaves the people and goes away and waits until the time when that he can secure the kingdom. Then he returns to the people that uh, he had made himself uh, manifest. So I think that is a pretty good uh, answer. Well, uh, I, uh, I don't do anything without consulting my sister. Let's uh, go inside here. We'll uh, come along. I'll show you. Inside right here. Sit right down here. That's it. <laughs> this, uh, this is the same genuine, magic, authentic crystal used by the priests of Isis and Osiris in the days of the pharaohs of Egypt, in which Cleopatra first saw the approach of Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony and, uh, and so on and so on. Now, uh, you... Uh, You'd better close your eyes, my child, for a moment in order to be better in tune with the infinite. It's frustrating when you just can't express yourself. And it's hard to trust enough to undress yourself. Stand exposed and naked in a world full of hatred. For the sick thoughts of mankind control all the sacred. I pause, take a step back, record all the setbacks. Fast forward towards the stars in the jetpack. My feet might fail me, my heart might ail me. Synagogues of Satan might accuse and jail me. Strip crown nail me. Brimstone hail me. They might defeat the flesh, but they could never ever kill me. They might fulfill the music, but could never ever fill me. To the lawyers, to the sheriffs, to the judges, to the debt holders and lawmakers. Fuck you. Sue me. Bill me. That name on that birth certificate, that ain't the real me. The lies can't conceal me. The sunrise and the moon ties and the sky's gonna reveal me. My brain pours water out, my tear ducts to heal me. My Lord's too beneficent. The message grab a hold to every ear and get whispered in. The waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening. The universe is listening. Be careful what you say in it. My grandma told me every bed a nigga make, he lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. The work is on the outside. Staring out the windows is for love songs and house flies.
yesterday is gone. 